Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back with more Baldi's Deliberations. Day infinity. Infinity plus one to go. Uh, we're talking high risk, high reward. Jim, what's this category about? Are we? Refresh thought, my memory. I thought biggest surprise was next, but let's do this Wait, one. Wait, biggest surprise is? Well. I mean, I can back this truck up. Yeah, or we can back up later. We'll probably get both of those in today. Um, oh, shit, you're right. All right, let's do high risk, high reward. What is this yeah. category? Uh, this one is uh, all about things they probably shouldn't have made that they did make that turned out okay, I think. Um, that's the idea. Or maybe go the or, or maybe went the other way. I think there's also like, you know, uh there's stuff in I here don't that think you like, win. Yeah, some people would think maybe, oh, that's high risk, high reward, but we didn't think so. Um Yeah. But it's in there yeah. so we can talk about it. But yeah. And there's also an element of like nobody was asking for this. Like it's it's in, in fact it's it's such yeah. a good thing that was there already that like you're really risking besmirching the whole project and the goodwill you had before. So exactly. uh, maybe we can take turns pitching each other. Uh, you go first with foundation. What's what's the risk reward structure here? Oh boy. Um, I mean, foundation is a pretty beloved series of sci-fi books. So. You got that that bar to clear. You, you've got a lot of people who have a lot of expectations for this thing. Um, and the the risk here is it's a very hard story to tell uh, visually, and in, especially in this like serialized prestige TV format, right? Um, mm-hmm. Usually those types of shows have stronger character hooks. Um stronger emotional hooks and the foundation story really has none of that. So how do you bring a story that doesn't have like compelling human drama to the screen? And how do you do it in a show that spans that has to span like a thousand years, a thousand years minimum? Uh, At least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really big ask and you know um, it's kind of the Holy grail of, untold television stories too, uh, untold sci-fi stories. You can really, if, if you hit that bar, if you clear it, it everybody's going to give you a standing ovation, I think. So there's your reward. How do you think it did? So there, there's the risk. There's the risk, the reward. How, how, so like if uh, one is an abject, uh, abject, abject failure that make people reflect poorly on the original, like it's like the worst possible thing you can do. Ten is essentially Lord of the Rings, the three film adaptation that was met with with critical and fan acclaim. Where do you think uh, Foundation? I'm just curious. I feel like ten. it's it's maybe like a seven point five because like they I nailed thinking... the 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 main storyline. I feel um, well, they nailed what turned out to be sort of, in my opinion, the main storyline of the show. I don't I don't know that they nailed everything about this show um, and the story that, you know, Asimov told originally in his books. Yeah. But it, 
I, I can still see the shape of things to come. And I think it's totally possible that they pick up season two and just run with the balls they've got in the air already. So yeah, yeah I, I, I was very impressed by what I saw. Yeah, I was too. I think seven to eight is about, you know, room for improvement, um, a couple of missteps, uh, a couple of things that yeah. seem understandable in the era of COVID and the the nature of this, the, how this thing was made. But uh, I have real, real high hopes for season two. So I think this this pegs both is very risky. And uh, man, Apple TV is suddenly in the driver's position as far as science fiction fans. Dude, that and they could. If they could pick up the expanse oh, novel Severance? seven eight nine Severance is definitely sci-fi. It's I'm telling you, yeah. And they've got all the core. They got the prestigious sci-fi. They got the pulp mm-hmm. sci-fi. They got the granddaddy J.R. Tolkien of of sci-fi sci-fi. It's it's pretty crazy. Um. Okay. Here's my pitch for Dune. Yeah. Dune is. Slight. I mean, I, I think maybe even more beloved. It's uh, it definitely builds like foundation is the foundation. It's the first galactic empire. Dune takes that ball and runs with it. Um, it's uh, like I said, well, well loved. Still, still, uh, I think holds up. It's a much better story than than foundation in terms of just a human drama. Like it, it's not. Yeah. Um, Herbert takes later books to get into the hundred thousand light year view of the galaxy and get get really cerebral. Not that there isn't some crazy shit going on here. Largely considered unfilmable, you know, just it's so like David Lynch took a stab at it and came with a, a decent, compelling visual dictionary, but the plot was a mess. Can you tell the story of Dune in a single two? Turns out you can't. You can't. <laughs> right. No. Not even Dene Villeneuve could 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 possibly do that. He's got to come come at it with uh, uh, two. Um, the reward, of course, is you've got a, you know a potentially endless endless series you could make. Like there's, hmm. I think six, maybe five mainline Dune novels that Herbert wrote himself, and then there's a whole bunch of Kevin J. Anderson, your your boy Kevin J. Oh wow! Uh, collaborations okay. with Herbert's son. Uh, who that are less well loved, but you could probably do something with that. Um, and yeah, just the satisfaction of doing Lenny's all time classics. I, I think again, if I'm rating the one as an abject, abject failure, ten is a, a masterpiece. This is in the eight category because it's, or maybe it's just incomplete. Yeah, yeah. I think that having freshly read the Dune books, that sec- the second is going to be really, really fucking amazing. Um, because this is kind of tackling the the slow part of Dune. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, the fact is they didn't even build into a decent climax. It just kind of ends. The movie just kind of ends in the middle of things where the next movie is going to pick up and we'll see how that goes. So... Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to rank Foundation or Dune, I'd probably put Dune above Foundation. Um, I think so. Um, it it was it, it had fewer missteps. I'm surprised you only put it at an eight. Honestly, um, I know I, I, I'm I, just giving room for you because, like, I think this is a it's not a ten because it yeah. is like I I need to see the second because the second part is a mess. Then this is going. This is like a, a, this is double or nothing risk or reward for 2023 because like if the second volume sucks it's mm-hmm. going to make the first volume retroactively worse uh it'll be pointless to so watch yeah. the first volume right <laughs> like oh yeah. yeah yeah that's 
Yeah, I feel like that's not necessarily true with something like The Matrix. Like, I can watch the original Matrix and go, hell yeah, that was awesome. Because uh, that's a complete it, story. Right, right. It, it had a fully completed arc uh, with that main character. And I can just imagine he flies off and, and kicks the computer's asses. Um, but Dune definitely is like a two-part. You oh, need both sure. of those halves to make any sense of it. So For sure. For sure. Uh, okay. So that brings us to Cowboy Bebop, which is an interesting nightmare. And this is like if Dune didn't get its second part. Um, yeah. I really like Cowboy Bebop, but my God, this is just a failure. Um, the fact that you're totally. only going to get the first half of the story. I kind of wish it was worse. Um, I uh, w- with with where we left things with Ed, I felt like that this was had only downwards to go. Mm-hmm. But I I really <laughs> like that core Faye Jet Spike. Um, I guess I'll throw Ein in there dynamic that they got going. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, yeah, I was um a little more on the fence about this project. I it, it's definitely high risk because like. Uh, everybody I've ever talked to loves Cowboy Bebop. Like, even if you're not a huge anime fan like me, um, <laughs> let me parse that. I'm not a huge anime fan. I like Cowboy Bebop. Um, it, and why? Why do this? Was Was anybody actually like, hey, we definitely absolutely need to get a Cowboy Bebop live action show? I don't think so. I... Maybe in like deep corners of the internet with anime circles that I don't run in, people were like, "Yeah, that'd be cool. It's one of one of my favorite animes." But I didn't hear of it, um, and so this is has huge risk, right? Like, take yeah. this beloved thing, make a pointless remake that's live action, and, and the idea of turning this into a live action is kind of insane in the first place because this show I don't think lends itself well to live action. It's got some crazy characters the the action that you do have in that anime is so like fluid and sort of like strange strange moving um to try and recreate that in live action is gonna be very hard i feel like they got 80 percent of the way there but ultimately yeah i mean it's it's a failure just in the fact that they're not going to make any more of it and it's not a complete story you mentioned that people weren't clamoring. I mean, I've I've definitely heard, uh, like, when The Matrix came out, there was a big push to, like, oh, man, we can make anime movies. And, you know, oh, okay. who'd make a really fucking good spike? Uh, one Keanu Reeves. Um, but it wasn't hmm. ever, like, yeah, like, a, like a, a roar. It wasn't ever, like, a demand. And what's weird is it feels like Netflix didn't have any confidence in this because they, like, canceled this two weeks after it came out. Right. It's like it came out, it landed like a dead cat, but there was definitely people defending it. And like I said, pe- I was making my way through it, enjoying it. It, it. A lot of people watched it. I don't know what fucking metric, um, because I've almost never seen Netflix do something like this before. I don't know what metric that they were closely watching. That's just like, you know what? Panic button burnt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, it, it's got to count as a failure. Like, it's a big, expensive thing that didn't get them subscribers, that didn't get them fans, probably turned people, to the extent that there's right. people that liked it, probably added to the, oh, Jesus, Netflix is a bunch of, you know, can- uh, cancel-happy surrender monkeys. Um, mm-hmm. 
I I don't think that this gets over to foundation just because it's a failure. Number one and number two, yeah. um, it just wasn't. It, it didn't have that kind of like you know pedigree. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. Um, I, I feel like we both kind of tag team Cowboy Bebop. What, why don't you talk to, about A Quiet Place Part 2? What What is it doing on this list? This truly feels like a movie that did not need to be made. Like A Quiet Place 1 yeah, oh yeah. uh, or just A Quiet Place is, in my opinion, a very good movie. And it is self-contained and that story is told and John Krasinski could be happy that he made a movie that everybody liked and then he came back and he tried to do it again. Uh, I would argue that he succeeded in doing it again. But yes. why? Why would he need to do this? Um yeah, it just it feels like a movie that did not need to be made, but I'm happy that it got made because I enjoyed it, especially since it's exactly the same movie. And I think that sure. if I was John Krasinski, I would worry like, you know, I really impressed people with this first thing I wrote and directed. And uh, I, I might like want to pick a project like really, you know, for my sophomore effort, I really want something strong. People are probably going to give me something strong because I'm John Krasinski and I've just done this thing. This was risky. Like if this was any, if this was slightly less than it was, um, I think there'd be a big backlash. I mm-hmm. think there'd have been a big backlash. Um, but he kind of nailed it. Uh, that same unique blend of like this, this tension that he gets going in three or four separate scenarios that all comes to a climax at the same time. Yeah. Is ex- just extremely stressful to watch, which doesn't sound like fun, but you know, it is. And that kind of, you know, it's it's a good horror film. Um, mm-hmm. Not like a James Wan psychological. Just like this is scary as shit. This is like a a, a fine tuned situation with the characters, the enemy, and the environment to make it just terrifying. Yeah. So, good job, John K. Uh, I gotta move this over Cowboy Bebop, right? Because yep. totally, yeah, yeah. Um, what about? Oh, I guess okay. Candyman. This is another one where it's like, this is a pointless remake, right? The other Candyman was right. this cult classic, a sleeper, um, well-loved by genre fans. Mm. And now we're going to make a darker, edgier um, version of the same thing. Yeah. 
and they kind of nailed it. Like it's it, it it manages to be something that builds upon the existing Candyman lore in a satisfying way, pays homage to all the things you wanted to pay homage, and yet is also its own thing, elevating by. Um, better production values, um, in many cases, better actors, um, just a little bit more thought and care uh, mm-hmm. into into the universe, into the uh, the the setting that they're putting into, and it pays off. Yeah, I agree. Uh, is it better than a Quiet Place Part Two? Is it a bigger risk? Was it a higher reward? <laughs> hmm. It's not a bigger risk for me because I'm. Like, I'm a horror genre fan for sure, but not, I I don't have the fondness for Candyman that I had for A Quiet Place. Maybe, maybe recency bias there, but uh, yeah, I feel like it's one notch below A Quiet Place. I also think it's like, if this failed, I don't think it would reflect poorly on anybody. Um, whereas I do think that John K was putting a lot of his personal chips into the pile. Maybe sure. that's not right, but it's what it felt like to me. Uh, the suicide, <laughs> the suicide squad, Jim, is, what's, is, what's this doing here? Is this a risk? Is this a risk only because James Gunn is out of one cinematic universe? And if he fails in this, he might be out of the cinematic universe game altogether. I know things got like we're up in the air and he's back on to the MCU as well. But like, yeah, he got canceled for largely bullshit reasons uh, Mm -hmm. after the dust kind of settled. and Disney looked around and and people were looking at them like, what the fuck are you doing? They're like, oh, we'll we'll undo this. But this was his kind of safe. This is a soft landing. I think there's a world where. People are a little bit less charitable. Um, James Gunn is maybe a little bit more out of pocket in recent way he talks and 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 how he views the world. And um, whereas this is kind of a make or break, and this is a reboot of a film show that just came out a couple of years ago. And yeah, it but everybody hates insecurity. It. It, everybody hates. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like imagine if Guardians of the Galaxy had cratered. Mm-hmm. And then they give it to some other dude uh, and like they give it to Zack Snyder because he did Mm -hmm. a decent job on, you know, like uh, Justice League. And now they're going to do it again. This this franchise, which didn't have any Q rating, now it's got a negative Q rating. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of like DC redemption built into this. This was like, but on the other hand, like if they'd failed, it'd just been, well, DC shit to bed again. And I don't think it makes it better or worse off. And suicide squad is such a piss poor, terrible movie that right. It would have just been like, Oh yeah. What'd you expect? It's suicide squad. Uh, Yeah. The only way I see this as like an actual risk is to James Gunn, maybe personally um, for his career. Mm. And then, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, then DC would just go back to, well, we're the Batman and Joker uh, cinematic universe. Because that's the, right? anything that doesn't directly besmirch Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman right. is not that big a deal. Like, <laughs> they'd be smirching you know, Wonder Woman last year, too, didn't they? Yeah, was, they'd be smirching the 80? fuck out of their main characters. Yeah. Yeah. Was that last year or the year before? That I was think the year 1982 before. 1982 right? was 2020, maybe 2021. No, it was 2020. Right? I, th- I think it came out at the very end of 2020. Yeah, it had to. I think it was a big disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so I don't see this as like a huge risk. I see this as like a minor risk to the the single person who made it, not like, oh, this could crush the DCU altogether if it's not good. Do you think... I kind of think it goes between Quiet Place and Candyman. Quiet Place and Candyman. If, if, if really? James Gunn was still in disgrace when this movie was come out, then it would be above, I think, A Quiet Place. But since his reputation had kind of been shored up and secure, he was going to go back and do the third Guardians no matter what. Sure. Um, sure. And then everybody will probably be happy with that. So his career is not even really on the line. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I feel you. But boy, but I feel when, like Cowboy Bebop needs to go up then because I feel like it's. And we might get there. I, I will say this, yeah. that like it, it was a ballsy decision to sign James Gunn when DC did it. They were kind of leaning into the edgy fanboys a little bit, I think. Um, but it, it paid off for them. Yeah. Uh, Mini Saints in Newark. Who was asking for a Tony Soprano prequel to the I don't, Sopranos? It, 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 it's so weird because, like, I feel like that. Um, who wrote this? David uh, Chase, right? David Chase really wanted to direct this movie, and that's the whole reason it was made. And then they took it from him because of reasons. And then he soured on the project. It's kind of amazing that hmm. this doesn't besmirch Sopranos, but Sopranos is so good and has, has been so beloved and has had two decades to bake into her consciousness. I don't know that that's possible, Yeah, but this was just a failure. It was a, it would, this, this is a fail. It, it's a, what, what Sopranos is, is it's hard hitting, it's smart and it's funny. Mm-hmm. And this was none of those things. This was just kind of a paint by numbers, uh, 1970s decline of the mob, you know, um, it felt like nothing the, original. The only thing they focused on in this movie of actually doing a great job on was casting. Yes. And then they said, well, we've got the cast. The rest will kind of fall into place. I, yeah, I'm with and you. We got it right at this time, like you know, uh, another five years. We can't, you know, probably even three years. We can't yeah. do this. It's like James Gandolfini's son cannot play, you know, uh, a high school age Tony Soprano, and they just kind of did it, thinking that like with this much pedigree, with this much talent, it's just not. It's 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 going to be. But I don't know. I feel like the other thing is like David Simon didn't feel like he had anything to say. Like you, like it, it, it's weird that this was his passion project that he wanted to direct. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was high risk, you know, I, I do think high like, risk. You've got the Sopranos. Yes. It's, it's sort of just baked in to the pop culture now. So it's not over the top risk, but it is. And and the fact that nobody even asked for it is the other thing about this category, right? It's like, why are you doing this? You don't need to. There's no, there's nobody asking for it. It didn't make any money. It didn't even get a theatrical release. This yeah. is a lost leader for HBO Max, which is pretty damning. I think. I don't know. I the the fact that me, it wasn't well regarded and didn't make any money or anything means they probably can't top this list. Certainly, but. I mean, I might even go on the bottom. Yeah, to be it, I feel like keeping it where it is is totally fine. Cowboy Bebop, I feel like needs to maybe now that I've talked through, go to the bottom. We'll see. Uh, what about hmm. Matrix Resurrections? What does its uh, justify its place? Its existence <laughs> I mean, another list? place where I don't think people were asking for this at all. Um, 
it, but it's simultaneously one of those things where like if you show me a badass trailer i'm gonna get excited for it and i and boy it was I, that trailer man it was it was confusing enough to to you know harken back to some of the old matrix stuff where you're like god what yeah. is going on here um and they really like I try not to get hyped for these type of things because I know how wrong they can go. And I feel like Matrix Resurrections went pretty wrong. It, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Um, it, it was maybe on par with the sequels for the Matrix. So that's fine, I guess. But yeah, I don't I don't know why you come back 20 years later and do this other than money. And, and boy, that movie and is like exactly. saying, yeah, you guys are doing this for the money for sure. Yeah. The director is part of it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like it's kind of funny that uh, Lana Wachowski managed to get paid probably millions of dollars against her will to make a satire of her own project. Right, right. She is um, very much part of the resistance. Yeah, to making a and Matrix sequel. That's but. what makes the movie ironically work is because it is this kind of like the artist being you you know uh, having a good natured time uh, and and telling a story that has it's better than he has any right to be, mm-hmm. while also acknowledging that this is dumb and it shouldn't be happening and it's only happening because the studio wants to wring more money out of the franchise and uh, her and her sibling got bent over the barrel and the contracts and the rights and all that stuff uh, back in the day. I, yeah. um, I don't know what you, because like it's, it is risky because if you, if this movie sucks, then it adds to the, well, you know what? The matrix is a one trick pony kind of thing. Yeah, but I've already got that vibe. (laughs) I already feel that way about the matrix series. Like I don't hate the, the sequels. I think there are some high points in them, but, Mostly it's funny because I feel like these three failures, and I think the Matrix. I don't think the Matrix. A Matrix Resurrection isn't a failure, but it felt like a failure that it got made. Like it's it's against the creator's wishes. It's already starting out the gate yeah. as a failure. I does that put it above the other two failures? The other Matrix sequels. I'm or? counting. I'm counting Cowboy Bebop and Many oh. Saints of Newark as the two because everything else is I a is so. a success of some sort. I think so. And then again, I, it's, it's a lot like Many Saints of Newark in that you are never going to change my opinion of The Matrix. The original Matrix was such a mind-blowing yeah. film. Yeah. It, it changed the face of cinema for for the future, period. Um, the, there's nothing you could do to that series at this point. You, you could uh, fucking... I don't know. Zack Snyder could make a Matrix film that is, you know, five hours long and and has just like stars nothing to sucker d- punch. Right. See, it, it is sucker punch. It the, the, he just relabels. <laughs> he, he makes a five hour cut of sucker punch and relabels it the Matrix rotten or something. Yeah. And <laughs> I wouldn't besmirch the original Matrix. The Matrix reamed. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, how bad can you really do by the Matrix at this point? So, okay, what do you, what, what problems do we have here with this list? Because I kind of think it's good. The only problem I have is Cowboy Bebop. I yeah, but it's not it's not a success. Is the problem? Because I'm looking at Candyman and Cowboy Bebop. And go who? It wasn't even given a chance to be a success. 
Like yeah, what's yeah. If, if you want to cancel it, what's the harm? I mean, did like Netflix have some kind of crazy deal? It's like get John Cho back in the booth. We're recording this. Shit. We're, we're starting right. production on season two. The second this shit drops, because I don't understand what. You know why you wouldn't just let this chill in your archive for a year and see? Because I think people would come yeah. around on it, and it I don't know. Maybe be. that's the thing. Maybe it's reverse psychology. They were like, "Well, people are kind of like on the fence about it, so let's announce we're canceling and see if there's an uproar." Hmm. And what? What if there's a campaign to bring it back? Like, may, and then that just like people were didn't care that much. Like, even the people who loved the show was like, "Well, I don't know. You know, I still got Cowboy Bebop, and maybe." I, just think I, I saw the second season going. I thought the vicious um, and what's her face stuff was probably was was clever in that it subverted of expectations. But I don't know what, how the hell that played out in the back half. And Ed, I know you feel differently, but I felt like Ed was shaping up to be a real fucking fiasco. Maybe I thought they nailed like the look and feel of Ed. Certainly, and but that's a problem. It might be a problem <laughs> in a live action show. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things you got to do. You got to add. You got to adapt. <laughs> sure. So okay, uh, yeah, I'm with you. All right. So are we? Because that's the thing. Is like Cowboy Bebop. Like I don't think it's bad. I think it's good actually. But the failure of it is mm-hmm. is hard to get up into the top five. You know. Whereas I like the top five we got now. Coming at it from the other angle, here's the only th- other thing that's bothering me is Suicide Squad. Because Suicide Squad. for for the franchise I get it for James Gunn maybe personally but for the franchise it's not a risk right Suicide Squad was such a piece of shit I I think that's why it is risky it's like if Ford had the Pinto like to make another and then they took the the Pinto Pinto off they're like oh my god this thing this thing just just caught on fire it was flimsy it killed it's unreliable let's get it off the market and then two years later they come out with the Pinto Turbo like no, no, I don't want to get into Pinto Turbo. No, I, I just like. Yeah, I guess I haven't yeah. been looking at risk in, in those terms. Risk to me says like this is something beloved that everybody uh, is going to be pissed off if you mess up. Whereas your Warner com- Brothers is committing whenever they do a DC film yeah. like this, you know, they're mentally committing 20 to 40 million dollars to promote the goddamn thing. Oh, easily. Uh, and, yeah. and, and and something that was coming out in a COVID era where it's probably not going to get a theatrical run. Yeah. I think that's super risky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, then I, yeah. I like this list. Not okay. Bad. That top five and is good. Dunes at top and any, any, uh, okay. Let's, uh, no. you've been listening to quite a few bald move podcasts now, but you're not in the club. Who boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-round movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. 
Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcasts on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. Let's roll on the biggest surprise. Okay. Um. Okay. First up, Wandavision. What's the surprise? Uh, I feel like it was a pretty audacious thing to do in the first place. Um, especially when you when you look at the trailers, right? It's like, what is this thing? It's another one of those. Because boy, they had like a bunch of just sitcom looking stuff happening, and there was really no plot that we could see. You're just like okay I, I don't really know what this is and it was the first right the first marvel tv show um yes. made by disney or marvel themselves so i don't know there was there was a lot of just like question of like i i don't get it i don't understand what this is going to be um and then i don't think it was super successful i think it sort of worked sometimes but ultimately uh not the best thing on this list for sure. No, that's the thing. It's like I, to me, I was looking for like a real David Lynch head, head twister. And it was that in the beginning. And then it aggressively ran towards Avengers home base. And yeah. to me, it made it extremely less interesting. So like, it's not a, it's the opposite of surprise. It is, kind of a mediocre Marvel project with occasional flashes of brilliance. And that's kind of what I thought the Marvel tell the cinematic television thing would be. 
Um, I think you got a much stronger. Uh, in fact, I'm willing to sink this to the bottom. Like, uh, th- th- yeah, like uh, foundationally, I think WandaVision is going to be important for Marvel going forward. But like, I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. Um, that that early stuff was too cringy to be genuinely entertaining, except for like the magic show. I really enjoyed that and not like standalone, just like, oh, this is kind of like as an art form. Like I it's just all this tweener stuff. I, I, I want to sink it to the bottom. What do you think? All right, sure. Bam. Uh Squid Game. Uh I I guess this has to rank pretty high because no one was like, you know what, this weird Korean game show uh long walk Bachman book type of thing, uh it's gonna take the internet by storm for a good six to eight weeks, two or three months of the year. I don't think anyone saw yeah. that coming. No, I, I certainly didn't. And I d I don't know. I I not sure I even saw a trailer for this thing before people were talking about it. Um, yeah, my first I first saw it loading into Netflix and it was the number one thing of the de- of, in the US and it was like the second day of release. I'm like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird that this broke out and not like Kingdom. Like, because to me Kingdom yeah. was compulsively watchable, very entertaining, very slick, got the zombies. Um, yeah, that might be it. It might just be that it's a zombie thing because this has a pretty strong hook. I think like Hey, what if Saw ran a game show, <laughs> essentially, um, is a pretty strong hook. And then you add in a bunch of masks uh, to to hide the identities of these people and a mystery and all that stuff. And I, th- I think it works um, pretty well. It's definitely not my favorite show of last year. But a lot of people really just like it became a phenomenon in the way that like Tiger King was last year, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Or the the year prior to this. So uh, yeah, it's at the top. I can't take it any higher. So like, I guess it's gonna. It's we'll, we'll see what dethrones it. Um, moving on to Loki, I, I think Loki is a big surprise because uh, it's another one where like I was pretty excited for it. It's the one when I was looking ahead at the Marvel TV schedule. It's the one that I had kind of circled. Like, okay, I like, I like Tom. Hiddlest- Hiddlestick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I like um, Owen Wilson. Um, this has kind of got like this multiverse kind of timey wimey thing. It's got a, it's got a, um, a anti-hero, which is inherently more interesting and fun than just a regular traditional hero. And largely it fulfilled, like there was a little shaky thing. I think a little shaky stuff in episode two or three largely fulfilled the promise of it. So, I was genuinely surprised because I thought after seeing WandaVision and at that time Captain and uh, the, the you know, Falcon right. and the Winter Soldier that like this is going to be probably a disappointment. This is going to have a large stretch, which feels like it's floundering. And it it didn't. It just built and it, it, it kept that momentum up until the final episode. And uh, it's real hype. I liked it. Um, yeah. I would put it above Squid Game, but Squid Game did come literally out of nowhere. It did, um, but is it is it more of a surprise if it has like a a preamble in the form of WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier that aren't very good, and then it turns out to be good? 
I think you can make that argument, but I, I don't know. Although like it has how... a 10 year preamble of Marvel movies that kick ass. So, right. And I, I never know. Cause like, I don't know what the reputation of this MCU stuff is. I know Joanna, like, cause like I'm covered, colored by a lot of stuff that Joanna Robinson puts out. Cause I follow her on Twitter and I see like all the, and it seems like she's got the gift of being unironically excited and enthusiastic and as into this stuff as like I was about like Lord or, or not Lord of the Rings, uh, game of Thrones and Westworld and getting to the bottom of that stuff and like teasing out all the comic connections and all the possibilities and what they could like, I wish I could cover the shows that much, but like, I don't know that like, I, I that are that, that, that my opinion of uh, WandaVision and, and uh, Falcon and winter soldier is just, mediocre is is that seen like is that the average opinion of people or is that like the really jaded tv watching fart yeah old gen x comic book guy i don't know could be i mean all all of the (laughs) all of the original mcu fans are now old jaded tv watching farts right like it's been long enough they don't they seem to be like i I know guys that and gals who are in there you know like we're friends with one and play board games where it's like they are so breathless about fucking moon knight and like except like that's the that's the number one thing they're looking forward to so like i Hmm. yeah I, i i i don't know maybe um Maybe covering professionally is what's jaded me because, like, you know, the the thing that'll make you hate this show is trying to watch it. These shows are watching two or three times and then coming up with something to say about it. Interesting. Sure. And like, you know, uh, organically. And if you can do that, then you can actually make a lot of money out there right now. But yeah, uh, so I, I don't know. I. I guess I'd put it above Squid Game because I didn't see all of Squid Game and uh, I didn't think Squid Game held up all the way through the way Loki did. But what do you think? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let's put it up there and see how it goes. All right. Uh what about Mortal Kombat? I my argument for it being a big surprise is the old Mortal Kombat's were not great. They were no. terrible. Oh, um yeah. they're, they're kind of schlocky, campy. Campy, schlocky killer soundtrack. Sure. Uh if you like that 90s like, techno dance hall type stuff, but uh and and this movie wasn't great. It's just one of those things where they took it seriously, had fun doing it, and yeah. respected the material. Literally, the only thing I don't like about this movie is the main character is a little flat. Um, everything else worked for me. Yeah. I, I think this is probably my biggest surprise of the three we've talked about so far because Mortal Kombat is not a franchise you think of and go, yeah, there's, there's going to be a good movie <laughs> about Mortal Kombat. You expect it to be shitty, right? And the fact that it was actually very good. How did this not get high good? risk, high reward? Except for I guess there was no risk at There's all. There's no risk because Mortal been Kombat so sucks. Long and no, yeah, no one's like, oh, don't you don't take Mortal Kombat off the shelf. That's fragile. If you <laughs> right. play with it, it might break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are game certainly Mortal Kombat game fans out there, but movie fans not right. not in the way that like <laughs> you take seriously, right? Mortal Kombat. That was the other big surprise. How much the 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 Mortal Kombat lore has moved on since Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> like yeah. I that was the last one I really there's like new characters and arcs and all kinds of shit. Oh yeah. Um Suicide Squad. Uh talk about another shitty thing that nobody expected to be good. Uh Suicide Squad I, but, was garbage, so it was, but with James Gunn attached and Idris Elba, um, yeah, I 
Yeah. I felt like I was starting to get in and, and when King shark and, and that's the thing, like if you hadn't seen Harley Quinn and seen some of the weird stuff that they're getting up to with like kite man and, and King shark and all that. Um, but as soon as I saw the trailer and I saw King shark, like ripping a dude in half, I'm like, this is going to be pretty got This is going to be pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll say the movie itself is very surprising. Like the way it opens is yes. very surprising. <laughs> very. Yes. One of the it more surprising you. things I've seen in a movie period. Um, yeah. And it leaves you open for anything. Um, it really I, does. How high should this go? Yeah. I, I feel like the fact that, you know, it had James Gunn and the cast attached to it and a good trailer only tempers how surprising it was because Suicide Squad is not good. Uh, it might Air? be number... Uh, I want to say it's number two for me. More surprising than Loki holding your inches throughout. Okay. I mean, yeah. I can see that. Like, I kind of expect the MCU to be good. And with Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson attached, like, yeah. One me Masaku, who didn't get really much time in that show, but I expected her to be great after Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. What about Reservation Dogs? This was not on my radar. I had a couple of uh, indigenous descendant type people be like, hey, you're sleeping on this. You should check it out. It's tight, tight, tight. Taiki. Ah, Taika Waititi. Thank you. Taika Waititi uh, is behind it, producing it. It's got a bunch of young, uh, uh, likable stars. It's really sharply written. And also the thing, that, it's also a story that I don't see told. And, and mm-hmm. as the older I get, the more I have, I really value. Like I've seen every variation of like, you know, stuff that happens in white America from like the magical realism of Goonies on down. Uh, I, I, I really hunger for stories that have that, 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 that I can learn something that I can get in, uh, you know, new culture, new terms, new terminology, new ways of living, new ways of looking at things. And this checked off all that and managed to be, especially in early goings, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Res dogs might be my biggest surprise of the year. I was about to say, I think this goes way to the top. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Invincible? There's another one that I think this needs to go pretty close to the top because I was, I had written this thing off as, you know, just, you know, essentially off-brand Justice League. Or animated The Boys or something. Or or if, and I didn't even know it had that kind of reputation of being fucking insane. Um, Ah, gotcha. So, like, I just, like, that first episode blew me right the fuck away and went Mm -hmm. from, like, well, this is a scary commission to, Oh, there will definitely be things to talk about. And I think, you know, if Jim makes it through the first 40 minutes of this thing, it's going to be, it's going to be gold. Um, I, it, it needs to go to the top or second to the top. What do you think? Um, yes. Second to top. I, so I didn't watch this entire thing, right? If you've listened to our other deliberations, I watched the first and last episode. So I kind of don't want to put her right at the top, but yeah, number two. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of indictment. If you haven't taken the time to like, wasn't moved to watch the other stuff, then it can't be that delightful. Uh, because I mean, I I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I just have so much other shit to watch. <laughs> right. So, uh, which brings us to a little commission we did. The guest. 
This is cousin Matthew from Downton Abbey being a psychotic uh, former soldier fresh from Iraq, Afghanistan, coming to Cape Fear style terrorize a suburban family. I feel like um, I was surprised solely because of the name of this movie. Like the guest is such a bland nothing of a mm-hmm. name. And I associated with like the others or, you know, the cell or the the whatever. Right. It's like one of those yeah. ghost stories. It's those generic ghost stories that aren't going to be very good unless you want a, a bunch of jump scares per minute count. Um, And then what I got was nothing like what I expected. And then it kept changing in ways that surprised me all over again. Like I thought I had this movie figured out several times and it just kept changing. And that surprised me. I felt like it was um, maybe a a number three here. And this is not a movie Uh, that came out last year. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not fair to put it too high, but like, I was really surprised by that. I was surprised because I thought it was going to be, like I said, a born knockoff, an entertaining, probably well-made, slick action, low-budget direct-to-video action thriller. And uh, boy, it's, yeah. it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did we already do WandaVision? We did, yeah. Okay, so we're just fine-tuning our top. Uh, are we... I think reserve. I think reservation dogs is fine at number one. I wouldn't mind people coming away from the Baldies thinking, you know, I need to put res dogs on my list of shit to watch. Yeah, I think you should. It's very I good. Think it's definitely it deserves a spotlight. Um, and I think I'm fine with the top five. Honestly, I think maybe a suicide squad's getting worked over a little bit here, but also. By the time I sat down to watch the movie, I knew I was going to like it. I just didn't know how much I was going to like it. So, mm-hmm. you know, between the trailer, between the James Gunn pedigree, between the acting talent attached, I was kind of in. So, it's I mean, still I can see it going five. higher if you want. Um. But is it surprise? Is it more surprising that James Gunn took a ragtag team of like B and C tier, you know, antiheroes and made it into a good bloody film? Is that more impressive than the Mortal Kombat not making your brain want to crawl out its ear? Right. Like eh, in, in self preservation, okay. is it more? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the guest, what what uh, the guest might take it away, except for its overall quality, is inferior to Reservation Dogs and Invincible. Yeah. It's just not that kind of you know. It's a low budget kind of direct a video type of venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's does it for big surprise. Uh, oh, All boy, right. this is going to be a fun to, category. We need to stop here then. Huh? <laughs> we need to stop here then. We well, I'm half hour. Well, I'm, I'm, the wondering, stream. I'm wondering if we don't go ahead and try to maybe do best bald movies or best ball, best bald move Christmas. Do we um, rank that? Do maybe. we have any, I got to desire before we do. Before we okay. get on stream, because I'm going to die if I don't. Okay, well, let's do that then. Let's just stop here, and we'll come back for... We got uh, biggest bald move badasses uh, of the year, best bald move Christmas, and watch parties. I think that's the last categories that we have to... Well, one more day of deliberations, hopefully. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you back for then.